Welcome to A Legacy of Preaching with Dr. Bill Burr. For one to have a legacy of faithful preaching, they must love God, love God's truth, and love to preach His truth. Dr. Bill Burr excelled in all of these areas, and he has certainly left us all a legacy of faithful preaching. Now, let's all tune in for this great message from God's Word with Dr. Bill Burr. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, verse number 14 in Joshua 24, and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood are the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Our Father, we bless you tonight and praise you for all that you do for us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Help us to be faithful to you. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Folk, I want to tell you something. We don't have a lot of folk here tonight, and I realize that, but I'm glad to see every one of you. And when I look out over this congregation tonight, I want you to know it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure for me to serve God with you people here tonight in this place. I count you some of the dearest friends that I have on the face of God's green earth tonight. I appreciate every one of you, and in my mind, I can look around tonight and see even those that aren't here. And boy, it's good. Brother John, it's good to come to church when there's not fussing and grumbling, when there's not uh, dissension and strife, and when there's not backbiting and gossip and all of this. It's just good to come to the house of God and just to sit down and to fellowship with God's people and to share the Word of God together. It's, a, it's just a blessing. It really is. When I look out at the folk here, I don't ever worry about what they think, you know, in their mind because I, uh, I, when I come to God's house, I try to come here with a, with a clean uh, mind and clean thought and clean before the Lord and and so I don't worry and uh, boy that's that's a wonderful wonderful feeling to have and when I look into your face and see you I don't have to wonder about where you were Saturday night isn't that wonderful I I don't have to worry about uh, what you do day by day and uh, I don't hear any tales and so forth. And I thank God for that. Oh, I thank God for that tonight. And uh, just to serve God together in this place. Now, I, I want to talk to you tonight about serving God and, and being faithful to Him. And uh, I want to I show you some things tonight from the Word of God about serving God. Now, choose you... This day whom ye will serve. Now we're talking about Joshua here. And uh, he's, a, uh, he's an eminent 
Old Testament saint of God. He was an understudy of, of Moses, and afterwards he was the faithful successor of Moses and leader of Israel. He, he's quite a man. You, you need to read sometimes a character study on this man called Joshua. Now, he had survived Moses by uh, 24 years, and now his course is coming to an end. He's ready to finish his course here, Brother Frank. He's lived a 110 years, and uh, his life has been full. His life has been rich and blessed of the Lord, and now he's ready to go home to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, uh, here in this chapter, he gives his dying counsel to Israel, to the people of God. It's always important to think about the last words that anybody speaks on this earth and how important they are. And here, Joshua is giving counsel uh, to these men. Now, in verse number 1, let's go back and read it together. Uh, you listen. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel. Now, this is, this is all of them gathered here to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. Now, uh, Joshua now, in this chapter, he begins to uh, recapitulate the, the history of Israel. He goes back and tells of the blessings of God, and, and uh, he urges them for, uh, to use personal piety in, in their own lives, and, and Joshua uh, uh, avows his own resolution here in this chapter. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, but I want you to notice that Joshua refers all of this to their free determination. They, they were to make up their mind what they were going to do. Now, I can, I can set an example for the people of Emmanuel Baptist Church, but when it comes to choosing, you have to do that for yourself, you see. And I can't tell you, I, uh, there's no way. Listen, there's one thing that no pastor can do and no church can do. And Brother Frank, that is to legislate righteousness. You can't do that. You, um, you can't uh, horsewhip people and, and make them live by the Word of God. It's got to be of their own free volition and choosing that they do this thing. Now, I want to I give you four things tonight, and I want you to write them down in your mind or, or in the margin of your Bible here uh, beside verse number 15. I want to speak, first of all, for a few minutes tonight about what true religion consists of. Uh, and I, I believe primarily it consists of serving God. Amen. That, that's, um, that's why we met here tonight was to worship God and to serve God. And that's, that's why we come together, Brother Bob, is to get reinforced here at the house of God so we can go out and serve the Lord Jesus outside of these four walls. So write it down. True religion consists of serving God. Number two, 
Man is responsible for that service. Every one of us is responsible before God tonight to serve Him. And number three, God demands decision concerning uh, our service to Him. Uh, he said, choose you. Now, it's important that we uh, recognize the fact that God demands this. And then the last thing is, I want you to know that the best season to serve God is right now. Right now. I, I mean, today is the day of salvation. Now, when I talk about the fact that true religion means to serve God, now, I'm not excluding uh, knowledge and conviction, and faith, and repentance. All of these things are involved in our entering into a life of service for the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to be convicted of sin. You've got to be convinced in your mind. Uh, you have to exercise faith. You have to repent of sin. And then, when you, when you do that, then that is the entrance into a life of service for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible says that David exhorted Solomon to serve the Lord with a pure heart. With a pure heart, we're to serve the Lord. And then, if you'll read in the writings of Solomon himself, you'll find this. This is the whole duty of man, to fear God and keep his commandments. Amen. You want to know what your duty is? The Bible says, fear God and keep his commandments. And then Paul said, I serve God with my spirit in the gospel of his son. I'm saying, listen to me, folk. When you get saved, then you're to serve God. Amen. When you get saved and born again, then you're to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have some good families in this church. Some excellent families in this church. I, um, I'm fearful of beginning to name individual families in this church because somebody might, be, uh, might feel like they're left out. But now, we have some good folk sitting in this room tonight. I think about Bob Stewart back here. Now, um, I don't know of any man. And by the way, I wish we had a picture of Bob sitting back here the other night, and feeding Kenneth Keaton at Fellowship. I wish I had a picture of that. You say, why? Because, friend, let me tell you something. That didn't just happen back here. I mean, that happens about once a week or twice a week, every week of the year. Bob Stewart goes by, spends time with shut-in friends like Kenneth Keaton, and takes time out uh, to help them eat their meal. You say, well, I couldn't do anything like that. Well, Miss Birdie, you remember one day that we had a little girl at our house that, that we uh, brought back and forth to church. And she loved our family. Do you remember that? And we used to travel 30 miles one way and pick her up and bring her to church and then take her back home. Her name was Brenda Faye Ayer. I remember her so well. Uh, when she would come to our table and sit, and uh, we'd have our meal together on Sunday, and she had cerebral palsy, and she could not uh, uh, get her food to her mouth like, uh, uh, like you do. Uh, she'd hold her spoon in her hand like this, and she'd uh, head for her mouth, it'd hit her teeth in her mouth, and, and when she chewed her food, 
um, the muscles in her mouth didn't work right, and it was almost like a, a baby. You remember when a, when a baby learning to eat and their tongue will push out more food than you can get inside of a mouth? And Brenda Faye sat at our table every Sunday almost and ate with us. We loved her. And uh, uh, we had an evangelist there one time with us. We took him home in his wine. And you know what? He made a statement that he just could not stand to sit and watch that girl eat. Made him sick to his stomach and he had to, had to leave with it. You know what? That kind of hurt me down deep inside. I uh, Listen, folks, they can't, people can't help being like that. That's a part of them. And I know it's not pleasant to look at, but I, I want you to know, Bob Stewart is faithful to go and visit folk like that and shut in. And I don't know of anyone. I don't know of anyone. You better, you better give some roses in this life while they're here. I don't know of anyone that serves God. I'm talking about serve God. I'm talking about get out in the nitty-gritty of helping people and serving God like that any more than Bob Stewart. I really don't. I don't know anybody that does a better job of that. As a matter of fact, when it comes to shut-in ministers, he does more than the pastor does at Emmanuel Baptist Church, and I appreciate it, and I love him to death for it, and Bob Stewart has served God, now listen to me, under extreme difficulties. I'm talking about serving God tonight. Now, let me give you just a few more verses. I could go on tonight. I could go on and name other folk in this room tonight, but I'm going to stop right there because I don't want to dwell too long on this. Paul says, I serve God with my spirit in the gospel of his son. Paul said, the blood of Christ shall purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Now, this service that I'm talking about includes the worship of God. Amen. It includes getting together and worshiping God in church. Now, now, you ever see anybody lift up hands like this? Old Brother Bill will do it. I mean, you get preaching good, and I'll, I'll say, Amen! Amen! Hold your hand up. Well, well, who are you waving at? I don't know, but it just feels good to me. I mean, if I, if I get happy in the Lord, the first thing goes up is my hands. You know, I just want to praise God. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. The Bible says lift up holy hands. Amen! There, there's nothing wrong with lifting up your hands and praising God. Nothing wrong with uh, with patting your foot. You know, there's a man in South Carolina. Used to be a member of Dr. Seidel's church. They called him Sunshine. Sunshine. Now, Sunshine was a runner. That's what he was. He was a runner. You say, what is a runner? Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about, is a runner. David Trump is a runner. He, he, he can't be still. When he gets real good... Uh, to sunshine down in Dr. Seidler's church, while you'd hear him, whoa, and here he'd go. I mean, wide open. I mean, 90 miles an hour, running as hard as he could around the church and around the church and across the front. He'd run outside. And so, and uh, David, David's like that. You get David in a good spirit-filled service, and boy, one night, I forget where we were, and I, I heard, whoa, and he took off out the door, flapped the doors, and the doors swinging in the back. Listen, there's just some people use their feet for God. I remember uh, DeWitt Blackston 
He went back and couldn't be still. They're just people, you, they, they're just runners. I mean, listen, their feet just get to moving when they get happy. DeWitt Blackston was like that. He couldn't be still. I was sitting with him one night. We were crowded in in a service, and, and DeWitt, he just kept, oh, it got good. He'd move, you know, in the seat next to me. And uh, after a little while, he just said, hey, let me out. Let me out. Let me out. He just got up, and I mean, climbed over people and hit the aisle, and he took off just running. Now, that's his way of praising God. He just cannot be still. And there's nothing wrong with shouting. Nothing wrong with, with lifting up a loud voice of praise to the Lord. And uh, I can't help getting loud. I mean, that's me. Some folks said, oh, I wish you wouldn't do that. I wish you wouldn't do it. Well, I can't help it. When it gets good to me, I just say, well, glory, hallelujah. I'll have myself a time and I get loud. Now, other folk are different. Nothing wrong with shedding tears. Mrs. Vanetta. Mrs. Burr and a lot of these ladies around here and some of the men, uh, when you get happy in the Lord, you know what? The tears come. The tears come. They just sit there and cry and weep tears. Others just laugh. Oh, you remember You remember Frank Calfey down in uh, uh, down close to Welk? He came here one night. You remember that? I hadn't seen Frank in a long time because he's had a heart attack and his wife has been very sick and they can't get out. But Frank would be sitting there and all of a sudden, you see his hands go up, and he just, <laughs> and he just laughs, and he got down in the floor like a leapfrog. I've never seen anybody do that. Just gets right down and pops, I mean, like a leapfrog. Now, he just prays in God. Now, everybody has a different makeup about him or her. Now, I'm saying, listen, one part of serving God but uh, just to worship God, this is what is included in serving God. And then it includes also not only worship, but it includes obedience to the ordinances of God and to the moral uh, constraints that God places upon us here in this life. Now you say, well, what kind of ordinances? Well, now Israel had all kinds of ordinances and laws that they had to observe. As far as the New Testament is concerned and the church is concerned, there are only two ordinances that God has, and that is baptism and the Lord's Supper. And I think we ought to observe these, and I think we ought to do them correctly. I, I don't think we ought to sprinkle. Did I tell you about what the... Did anybody say that around here, the Baptists were doing? Did I mention that? About the drought? Huh? said it was so dry that the Baptists had gone to sprinkling and the Methodists were using damp cloths and the Presbyterians were giving out rain checks. Now, <laughs> I, don't, I, think, I think it ought to be done right. It, it ought to be done right. And uh, I heard about some, some man said, well, we're going to observe the Lord's Supper. We're going to use Coca-Cola and potato chips. No, now to me, that would be blasphemy. I think God would look down and that would be disgusting to the Lord, you see. And uh, I, I think it's just as disgusting uh, to sprinkle or to pour. I think that these ordinances ought to be obeyed and they ought to be carried out. I told you about recently uh, somebody came and said, hey, uh, uh, is there anything taught in the Bible about a private baptism? No, there's not. There's not. There's nothing private about it. I mean, uh, the whole idea of being baptized is to openly profess 
your faith in Christ. It's a demonstration of what you believe inside. And so we ought to practice and observe these ordinances. And then we ought to obey the moral uh, restraints that God has placed upon our lives. Now, folks, you listen to me tonight. We're seeing things happen in this day that all moral restraint has been done away. This is a nation today and a nation, a people that has lost their modesty. There is no shame uh, uh, among any folk now. People say things, do things, watch things, observe things that, 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 are, that are just... I mean, listen, it, it is awful to even think about. Do you know that people are, are doing things now and watching things on television that a preacher, listen, a preacher can't even talk about those things from the pulpit, Brother Frank? Now... I'm saying, listen, God has placed some moral restraints upon people. And folk, when we lose that, we, we just about turned into a, a, a paganistic heathen nation. That's a terrible state of affairs to get to. I heard about something today that happened with a group of young people. I mean, Christian young people. Young folk, I can't go into it. I can't go into it. Ms. Burke can't even tell it from the pulpit. It's, 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 it's just some things that, that, that are happening that, that, that is disgusting in the sight of God. I'm talking about true religion just consists in, in, in just, just serving God, just serving God, uh, uh, obeying God and the, uh, the ordinance of God and the moral restraints that this book and this guides our conduct and our actions and bless your heart when we lose all of that we no longer are serving God alright number two I gotta hurry you're responsible for this service God never coerces man into it now God will not have the service of constraint. You know, for me, it was very difficult. Bob's painter back here, he has, he has a mind that uh, digs, a mind that wants to understand things. I pray that Bob would turn his mind, I'm sure he already has, but oh, I pray that God could use young folk like this. When I was reading in the Bible, my mind, I, I, I had a desire to understand and to get down into things that, uh, that, that uh, for instance, here's one. <coughs> Why did God allow the devil to tempt a man that man's sin and plunged the whole uh, human race. The woman, she did that. The woman did. But the woman gave to the man and he ate willingly because he loved his wife. But 
man sinned in the garden. Adam sinned. And the, the God, God knew all this, Brother Frank. God is, God is omniscient. Brother Deborah, he knows everything. And I wondered, hey, God knew this. Why didn't God stop the devil? God knew it all. Jesus Christ, Brother Jimmy, was slain from the foundation of the world. So uh, before, before man was ever created and brought into existence, God already knew that the devil was going to tempt. That was in the, uh, the plan of Almighty God. I mean, it, it's always been there. I couldn't understand that. And I want you to know, I didn't get what I'm going to give you right now out of a commentary. I mean, I just begged God. I said, God, help me to understand. Why? 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 You know, the whole creation that God created out there, they're under God's absolute law. Instincts and so forth govern the lower animals. That's why birds fly south in the winter months. They got more sense than we do. We sit here and, and store up fuel and go through the winter, but the birds take off. That's why the squirrels go out and store up food, you know, for the winter months. And uh, God has certain laws and instincts that he's placed on, on uh, these lower animals. And uh, they all, listen, they all operate within the sphere that God has placed them. But man is different. Man is a rational animal. Man has <clears throat> intelligence. Man is able to think. And man, God made man a free moral agent. In other words, God constrains no one to serve him. God could have made us where we'd be like robots, brother devil. We'd be like machines. Do you know there are angelic beings that are before the throne of God uh, all the time and, and their whole duty God created, brought them into existence and all they do is stand there and holy, 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 Lord God, holy, 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 almighty God, holy, holy, holy. That's all they do all the time. They were created, brought into existence for that. Now God could have made us like that but listen God made us so that we could choose right and wrong we could make a choice as to whether we would serve God or whether we would not serve God he gives us two courses God or idols God and sin God or the world God or self God and Satan, listen, God calls on man to decide and to act and to make a choice for himself. I'm so glad, I'm so glad tonight that one day I chose for myself of my own free volition. I, I said, not my will, but thine be done. And I chose to serve God. And I thank God for that tonight. Now, every one of us is going to give an account under God. And I want you to know that uh, this thing of serving God and the choice is all personal. 
Amen. Every one of us has to make that choice ourselves. It's universal. All persons of sane mind, young and old, rich and poor, educated, uneducated, every person on the face of this earth is going to stand before God and you are faced with that choice. Now, I know you're worrying about number three and number four. You're saying, my soul, a half an hour has gone by and we're not yet out of number two. Yes, we are. We just finished. We're headed now for number three and number four. And very quickly, I'm just going to give them to you and uh, let you take them home and you can study on it. Listen, true religion consists of serving. Write it down. That's number one. Number two, man is responsible in this service. And number three, God demands a decision as to this service. He said, choose ye, make up your mind what you're going to do. It's our duty. Now, I want you to know this decision is possible. It's not out of your power to serve God. It's not impossible to serve God. Thanks be to God. There's some people who have served God for a number of years. Amen. Just been faithful to God. So I'm saying that God... Uh, demands that this decision, this decision in service. And then the last thing today is the day of service. Now, he says now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Uh, I want you to know that there's no better day, no better time than right now to make a decision to serve God with you and your family. And by the way, this may be the only season that you ever have to make this decision.